Welcome to another distinct nostalgia by MIM. More than a podcast. More Corrie treats now on Distinct Nostalgia as we catch up with one of the street's so-called bad boys, none other than Jack and Vera's wayward son, Terry. Ashley's been chatting to actor Nigel Pivaro, who's played the character on and off since 1983. Enjoy. Thank you very much, Lee, for talking to us for Distinct Nostalgia. We've interviewed loads of Coronation Street stars from over the years. Um, yeah. But the ones we haven't interviewed that much of, actually, have been the the sort of... Um, the, 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 the rebels, the ones that have caused a bit of trouble, you know what I mean? And, and of course, the character that you um, played, you know, was always looking for a little bit of trouble. Not not in, always intentionally, but he always getting himself into scrapes and things. Take us back to the very beginning. You arrived in Corrie in 83... And you came as part of a trio, didn't you? Wasn't it you, Kevin Kennedy, and Michael Lavelle who came all at the same time? You're quite right. It sort of looks that way now, actually. But what happened was Kevin Kennedy arrived first as Curly Curly Watts. Um, and I came, followed in his footsteps about, uh, what, I'd say about a month later. And then um, Michael Lavelle, who played Kevin Webster the Mechanic, came about a month after me. So... We all landed within about two or, th- two or three months of each other. And I actually had gone to audition for the part of Curly and uh, was um, second choice, actually. You know, they, they, I, I, I went and auditioned uh, and uh, at Golden Square, uh, meeting the head of casting, the producer, etc., uh, etc. Et and uh, I got a phone call from my agent very quickly after the meeting and was told that um you know i was uh, i was in the frame me and another actor and this went on for about two or three excruciating weeks before they actually said i'm sorry nigel but the part has gone to uh, a another uh, and obviously that a another was uh, was was kevin kennedy uh, who i then met a bit later when i joined the cast but this time uh, not as a putative Curly, but as Terry Duckworth. So yeah, we all we all arrived together, and I, f- I think actually um, Terry was not going to be Terry at all. Terry was going to be the Duckworths were going to have a daughter, um, Tracy. But they saw so many what they thought were good actors for good male actors for the part of Curly. They uh, they decided forget Tracy. Let's let's create Terry instead, and and saw a lot of the actors um, that had auditioned for the part of Curly again, but this time for the part of Terry. And I was lucky enough to get the part this time. Fantastic. I think Peter Howitt was uh, another actor that was in the frame for for, for Terry. Peter Howitt then goes on to make uh, to do um, uh, Bread, didn't he? Yeah. Uh, uh, of course, of course. Just just reflect on that, though, the fact that you nearly ended up as Curly. I yeah. mean, are you pleased that you ended up as Terry in the end, do you think? I suppose, you know, um, uh, retrospectively, yes, but, you know, I would have... Uh, and, you know, I suppose in terms of the brief of, of Curly, you know, the, he, he, Kevin was far better suited. You know, the, 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 the brief even then was this kind of geeky... Um, uh, lad, bit bit nerdy, a bit geeky, you know, uh, sort of thing. And Kevin, with that image, with the little round glasses and the, and everything, it suited him p- 
perfectly, really. So yes, uh, I, I was. But initially, I was a bit uh, a bit thrown by the fact that I didn't have a I didn't have such a strong what we what you might call strongly defined character, because uh, what happened? And I actually went to the producer uh, and I said, uh, "Can you uh, can you give me a few hints and tips about my character?" He says, no, I can't. I said, why not? He said, well, you haven't got a character. I said, what? what? I haven't got a character. He says, no, you haven't got a character yet. He said, just, uh, you know, say your lines, don't bump into the furniture, and uh, we'll do the rest. Uh, we'll have a look at you, and um, we will, uh, uh, you know, we'll, the, the writers, the writing team will take it from there. And I wasn't really that, that pleased about that. I thought, oh, hang on, I, I, I need, you know, I need something a bit more to get my teeth into. So I kind of took, I'll be honest, I took matters into my own hands a little bit. I looked at Bill and Liz, uh, played Jack and Vera, and I thought, well, if that's Terry's parents, what would Terry, how would Terry turn out? And uh, I thought, you know, Jack was a bit of a, you know, bit of a waster, bit of a Jack the Lad. Liz was a bit of a battle axe. I thought, he's going to be a bit of a wronger, hasn't he? And he, so he's going to be a bit of a, you know, a bit fly, a bit bit of a, you know, Roy the boy type of thing, uh, as as was as is his dad or as his dad tries to be. So I thought, well, I'll, I'll take him down that road a little bit. And I did. And, um, it, it, you know, it, that, that kind of worked very well. And as soon as the writers saw any hint of that, they seized upon it and expanded it. Uh, and, and until you got this, you know, this kind of uh, uh, bad lad Terry, you know, but it didn't happen overnight. It, it did take a kind of a, you know, a whole like year really of, of a, a subtle, subtle sort of uh, process of him developing into that. Now, now, Co- now Corey, Corey at that time, Liz had, had started out as, in the factory, of course, in the in the seventies, and she was a friend of uh, Ivy Tilsley. And then right. Jack came a little bit later on, didn't he? As 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 her husband, so it was it was gra- they were gradually developing this sort of this family. Had you um, as a young man, had you had you kept in touch with Coronation? Do, do you know about the storyline beforehand? Um, I you know vaguely aware of those two characters. Yes, I, I wasn't that 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 aware because. Um, uh, I'd sort of lost a little bit of touch with it, actually, because and it was a, a favourite programme of mine because, uh, you know, it, it meant a lot to me, you know, even as a little kid because it, it was... Uh, I lived with my grandmother for a time in Odsall. In the, well, we, we, I'm with my parents as well. We, we had houses in the docks, dock, Dockland area, and uh, they used to, of course... The docks being Odsall was right up, you know, close to. You had the docks one way and you had town the other way, and of course, Granada Studios were in, you know, were in sandwiched in between. And so, whenever they used to wanted to do some, you know, outside location filming, of course, where they used to come to, but they'd come to Odsall, so there'd be, you know, outside broadcast units all around Odsall. And we thought of it really a lot of us in, in that area we thought of it as our own you know we thought of it as this is a this is a program about about us and about where we live uh and why wouldn't you think that when you know quite often they they'd you'd see the the big granada television outside broadcast 
trucks knocking about and stuff like that. So yeah, so um, so so I did. I, I grew up with it, you know, but I'd lost touch with it perhaps a little bit around that time, and it was around that time when it was going through all its kind of, you know, Len Fairclough-y, um scandal period and all the rest of it. And uh, so so uh, I wasn't that aware of. I was vaguely aware of what they what who they were. But I wasn't, you know, I wasn't full on, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. So, so did, you, did you, so did you know who Bill Tarmy and and Liz Dawn were? Because of course they've been around doing the the the, the working no. men's clubs and things like that, haven't they? Did you know who they no, were? The, the short answer to that is no. Okay. You know, I really didn't. I really had no idea. You know, obviously, you know, I mean, when I went in the show, I, the, the people that I was kind of well just knocked out by were. Uh, you know, D- uh, Annie Walker, Doris Speed, and uh, Stan Ogden, Hilda Ogden. These are people that I'd grown up with, you know. But, you know, Bill and Liz, being fairly new new, new additions to the cast, didn't really mean, I'll be honest with you, didn't, not in a nasty way, but it didn't really mean that much to me, you know, in, in, in the same way that, say, you know, Bernard and Doris and Gene Alexander did. Yeah, no, absolutely. So, So obviously you had to get to know them, and I mean, obviously, they're great, great actors. Did they, did they, you know, straight away sort of, you know, sort of uh, cotton on to you and, and, and sort of help you straight away as you when you when you got in there? Um, we 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 didn't we didn't gel too too uh, too quickly uh, or uh, at first. To be being absolutely honest, it took us about um, three or four uh, months, I'd say, to kind of you know come together and. And uh, really gel as a unit. Um, we, we had a different way of working. They had the, you know, uh, the, to put it mildly. And uh, I'd come from drama school. They'd come from the clubs. Mm. I, I was a little bit sniffy about the way they worked. I won't go into too much detail, but uh, at first, and then I stood back and I thought, well, the way they work works. They're very, very good characters. These, these, these two. They really work well together. You can see that. Uh, we're supposed to be a family. If you're going to make this work, if it's, you know, if it's not broke, don't try and fix it. They, but the way they work works for them. Live with it, accommodate it. I did. And from that, then on, we, uh, you know, we really started to, to gel and, you know, and, and work well together. And uh, we, we had, we had great, great times and, and uh, great fun working together. And we were great pals off the set as well you know we'll talk a bit about both of them a bit more in a moment but right at that very beginning when you first went in you were sort of a bit of an injection weren't you in the in the mid 80s of of youth because not only was there Michael Laval and Kevin Kennedy but also um Sally uh, um started around that time as well yeah he was a sort of suddenly Coronation Street because Helen Worth had been there for a while a little while and she got mm. I think Susie Birchall might have still been there I'm not sure but you were you were starting to get an injection of young people and I remember quite a lot of the storylines being very much based around you know the gang going out for a night out or whatever or you you were you were always often flirting with Sally and various things like that that must have been Quite, quite something for Corey in a way, because they hadn't had that youth side of things for, you know, probably not since the early 60s in a way. We'll be back after a quick break. You still loading them and heating them up with all your single shit you've been dropping. You feel me? Loading them up on. It, it only takes structure. And, and, you know, just paying attention to the climate of the game. Yeah. Know what I mean? So do, 
Do your homies uh got a role in your in your little? You mean? Yeah, yeah. We all we all artists over here, man. I'm trying. Oh, yeah. I'm trying. Yeah. I'm trying. Oh, yeah. I'm trying to get them on there. Yeah. yeah. Damn, you know, You feel me? We gonna have this like bro, me and my man, like me and my man Kyle, we be like, I don't know, we play we play with this <laughs> shit. Right now. With this I gotta lie, we play with this shit right now for for oh, I gotta don't lie. Play don't it, play with it, no. take that shit serious. Yeah, I think and I d I don't think there was I think you know, the other thing was that we felt at the time was that all the writers were like, you know, ancient and we were very young. And uh, the writers who had obviously had a great track record and were great writers, many of them, um, Leslie Duxbury and uh, uh, I'm trying to think of some of the others, uh, jo- John Stevenson, yeah. you know, and, and Peter and uh, Peter Wally, uh, Peter yeah. Wally. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Peter, all these people, they're all great writers, but they're all a lot, lot older than us. We were all in our, you know, from teens to from 18 to 22. Two, I, I was. Uh, uh, Kevin was twenty-three, I think. But so we were young, and um, they were old. You know, and I didn't. We didn't think they really kind of got us, really. You know, and uh, perhaps we didn't get them to a, to a degree. So that was a little bit of a challenge. You know, kind of marrying. You know what what was going on. Uh, you know, as 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 young people, uh, and 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 reflecting, being able to reflect that, uh, you know, in the sh- in in the characters and in the show through the writing. You know, I don't think the writing was always good, but I don't think sometimes it was at first, especially, it was that accurate in terms of you know the way young people really were at that particular time. Um, again, you know. It, 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 it improved, but it, it at, the, at the beginning the, it was a bit of a challenge, you know. Yeah. Now, can you remember your first scenes? Yes, uh, can. Um, not, not absolutely, uh, you know, clinically, but yeah, vaguely, I can remember we were going into the into the uh, the house at number nine to have a look at it, to buy it, and then going into the Rovers later to reflect on whether we should buy it or not, you know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, re- I remember it really well. I was only about 10 or 11 or something stupid. But I do remember I do remember you arriving. And I also remember that this sort of, this, this baddened type of reputation started off pretty early, didn't it? Because I think, didn't you get drunk or something and end up Breaking into the corner shop. Yeah, into 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 Alpha Alpha Roberts. It did it upset Alpha Roberts. Yeah, you're quite right. Except that was quite that was fairly that was you know uh, that that was ooh, I'd say uh, a couple of years into the character actually. Yeah. Well, yeah. as a kid, it all merged into one. You see, it all goes into one, <laughs> doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. I can't think. I can't. I'm trying to think of the first time he did something a little bit. Uh, yeah, I think when he started to push him down that that sort of you know Rongan road was after he'd had um, he he got he got young uh, Andrea Clayton pregnant, his next neighbour, and she instead of like doing the decent thing and sort of settling down with him, she completely you know mis um, uh, what they called it um, misstepped him by. By actually going off and doing one, and and uh, 
and, and, and thinking, well, you know, leaving leaving Terry complete. What you mean? A, a, a girl doesn't want to be with me. How, how can that be? You know, a, a girl that's pregnant and got my kid doesn't want to be with me. That you know, that really you know completely um, you know flummoxed him. So uh, so so that was a, that was a, at the time it was like a real I think a real turning point in him, and that's when he thereafter started to get up to all his his, his capers for, for real. You know. One of the great things I thought about the about the character of Terry with with um, Jack and Vera. Obviously, Jack and Vera had their their relationship, which was always uh, always funny and and whatever. But there were but he was able to play them off in different ways, wasn't he? You know what I mean? He had a very distinctive relationship with his mom and a very distinctive relationship with his dad, and he was able to manipulate it to his advantage. You're quite right. Very very. Uh... You know, you've read that like a book. There, it's 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 how he used to be, and uh, if he, if he if he did uh, if he if he did, I mean, he was constantly getting browbeaten by the two of them, and let down by the two of them, one way or the other. But if there was a way that he could he could get one over on his father through his mother, he would, and if and vice versa, you know. Um, so yes, you're absolutely right, and and that's that does happen in quite a lot in in. Uh, in in relationships with children and the parents, they do often try and play one off 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 off, off uh, against the other, don't they? Exactly. Now you arrived to say you arrived in this this burst of young people in the show, and obviously Coronation Street was absolutely huge. It was never out of the headlines, and some still isn't today, really. But back then, in particular, um, and I remember lots of appearances where you and various people would appear at different things on the outside of all this. I also remember moment. I think vaguely remember something where you, you Curly and um, Michael Lavelle did something. I think in the show, but maybe out the show musically. I can't remember. But uh, how, talent competition apparently, uh, yeah. open mic night or something like that. That was yeah. it. That was it. But yeah. how did it actually change your life? I mean, obviously, it was a very high pressured program to be in. I know you were only doing two episodes a week back then. It wasn't like it is today. But you know, it must have changed your life. Your, your life overnight, didn't it? No, it did, and uh, you know, as as it would, because what happened is you went from being, you know, young, jobbing actors, you know, the obscurity of that, you know, working in the theatre and uh, and what have you, and um, you know, enjoying the job and, and and having the freedom to to make mistakes or whatever, and so on and so forth. And, and being young people, and all of a sudden, you know, you were thrust into this limelight. And in those back in those days, you know, the show was watched by, I think, sort of fourteen to twenty million. Uh, sorry, fourteen to sixteen million in the summer, and eighteen to twenty-one million people in the winter. I mean, incredible figures, virtually half the country. And so, you know. Within two or three weeks of appearing in the show, you were recognised everywhere. Now, nobody came to us and said to us, now, listen, lads, you know, your life is going to change and there's going to be all these, you're in the show and there's going to be, and that's good, and you, there's going to be all these things that are going to change in your life. You're going to get a few quid in your pocket. That's good. Uh and you are going to be recognised and so on. And that's good because it'll open a few doors to you, but it'll also create maybe create a few problems, you know, um, jealousies and, 
you know, irrational, <laughs> irrational reactions from the public, etc. And uh, also, uh, most importantly, probably from the press. You know, the press will want to know who you are and try and get a, 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 an angle on you, and, and so on and so forth. And um, you know, this, this did all this happened, but nobody came to us and said, "This is how to deal with it." We had to try and deal with it on our own. We stuck together. Uh, in a way, you know, we we, we all the, the three of us we were uh, we're all in the same boat, so we kind of looked out for each other, watched each other's backs, but nothing could have prepared us for that. It was a it was a tsunami, really. You know, I mean, uh, you, as I say, you go from obscurity to you know half the country uh, having an idea of who you are, and you know people turning their heads when you're walking past and stuff like oh this guy. And television had more of a cachet in those days, you know, because there were less people on it, if you know what I mean. Now that, you know, that thing of that Andy Warhol prediction of everybody's going to get 15 minutes of fame, because there's so many TV channels now and so much and so much airtime needed to be filled. Nearly, you know, so many people can say they've been on TV once or twice, not necessarily in primetime TV, but, they've, you know, they've been interviewed walking down the street by somebody off Granada Reports or off ITN News or whatever, or they've been in a reality programme or, or whatever. But in those days, you know, it, it, television just hadn't penetrated into our lives as much. So being on TV was still a much more of a big deal than it is now. Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. Um, I know, obviously, you say people you weren't prepared for it, and nobody really sort of gave you any advice or whatever. But were there any of the older actors, you know, the ones who've been there for a long time, who sort of did look out for the the younger ones a little bit? Yeah, you know, really, they all tried to give you this this advice, but you know, um, whenever they could, and mentor you a little bit, and um, but everybody was so busy, you know. A, doing the job, and B, looking out for their own back. But I do remember, um, if I, I remember, Bill and Liz were quite were, were quite good, but Liz herself, was, she was, uh, when I joined, she was going through some firestorm of publicity because I think at the time there was some, you know, some kind of uh, ongoing story about, a marital situation or what have you, you know, and uh, which that happily resolved itself. But at the time, that was all the full. The papers were full of it. The other, the other, the person I do remember, you know, God love him, was Bernard Ewins. He said uh, and played Stan, and uh, he said, "Don't let them ever get you down." He said, "And don't ever worry about, you know, what those such and such is." write about you, he said, because we've all been through it and, you know, people are here don't, don't believe, know what it's like and don't believe half of it and type of thing. And I always, and he, he struggled to tell me that because at the time he was not in very well. He'd suffered two strokes and he, he, I remember it, you know, him struggling to, to, to get that, that, those words out to me. And I was very, I still am actually the thought of it very moved by the fact that he, he he went to that trouble to, you know, to try and sort of make me feel better about, I was actually going through a bit of a bad time with the, the papers at the time and he'd obviously picked up on it and he was trying to give me some kind of words of encouragement and, you know, don't, uh, and, and uh, trying to fireproof me against, uh, you know, against, against, against the press, you know, who were fairly ruthless in those days, you know. 
Yeah, no, that's that's lovely that you got that from from Bernard. What? Um, so in terms, I mean, obviously, you, as you say, when you arrived, there was still some of the really greats were still there. I mean, you yeah. you were literally just the, the original. End. Really. Yeah, exactly. Some the original. Were there any that you were really just completely in awe of, as it were? I mean, it's, as soon as you meet these, you know, these people, you, you know, you, you do quickly. The fourth wall quickly comes down, you know, so, and all of a sudden you're working with them. Um, I think I think it was Gene, Gene, I think Gene and Bernard, uh, uh, Stan and Stan and Hilda, I think, and and Doris, I think they were the, you know, uh, they, they were the three. I think, you know, there was others like like Bet Lynch and um, played by Julie, and as people in the green room, they were far more kind of gregarious, if you know what I mean. So that you you, you know you kind of quickly developed quite a a personal relationship with the, 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 those others. But those other three were, were, were for, for various reasons, were a little bit more distant, you know, and so they, they, they kept that. They, they, I would say they were the three that come to mind that kept that aura about them. Was um was Violet Carson still in it when you when you arrived? No, she she no 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 she she'd left I think in eighty, so she'd been gone about three or four years, you know. Right. What about Albert Tat, the guy who played Albert Tat? And Albert Tatlock was there, you know. He was a fairly sort of remote figure at that time, you know, uh, within the cat within the cast because he, he was getting on. He's quite old. He's about eighty four, and I think I had a a year crossover with uh, with Jack Jack Howarth, yeah, yeah, be in. Choice. They show it every now and again on Talking Pictures. Actually, well, it's a, it's, they do. It's a classic movie. It's a classic play. Charles Lawton stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Prunella uh, Scales was in it as well, wasn't she? Prunella Scales was in it. John Mills, Richard Wattis. Yeah, yeah. all yeah. filmed in Salford. Yeah, all, a lot of it filmed on location. Yeah, Peel Park and Oldfield Road in Chapel Street. Yeah. And our distinct nostalgia conversation with Nigel Pavaro will continue in just a few minutes. As well as amazing interviews just like the one you're listening to now, the Distinct Nostalgia podcast is also home to an epic radio quiz. Oh, I've never heard of it. Where listeners just like you go head-to-head on their favourite TV shows and films and put their general knowledge to the test. There's a bonus point if you can sing the theme tune, but I know you're not going to, are you? Skippy, 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 the bush kangaroo is all I can remember that. Yeah, well, that, yeah, that earns you a point. Yeah, I'll go for that. A brand new season of the Distinct Nostalgia Mind of the Month quiz is almost here, and it needs you. Prisoner cell block. Cell block B. Prisoner cell block H. Simply pick your favourite TV show or film and get in touch at distinctnostalgia.com or by messaging us on Twitter. Have a go at three British films. Just have a guess. Oh, Whistle Down the Wind, Carry On Up the Kyber. I'm, no, this is rubbish. I'm sorry. No, I don't <laughs> they're, know. <laughs> they're not bad attempts, actually. And the two leading minds from across the month compete head-to-head in the final for a coveted Distinct Nostalgia mug. It's almost like a trophy. The Distinct Nostalgia Mind of the Month quiz. Got there in the <laughs> End. Oh, that's amazing. They always are. If nobody was told what you were meant to do, if there weren't any rules, we would be living in a totally different format. A brand new podcast featuring rarely heard voices from across the UK and around the world. Bisexuality is not really understood because people have biphobic tendencies. And the second you mention bisexual, just their ears pick up. 
Contemporary conversations around bisexuality. Oh, well, you're still confused, right? No, I'm not confused. We are questioned so much more than people when they come out as straight or gay. It's intense pressure of like, am I sure? You're literally like monitoring yourself. Every episode will include a very personal story as we try to paint a real picture of bisexual Britain. This is Bisexual Brunch. Available now wherever you get your podcasts. If you're a Blue Peter fan, you'll enjoy something special we've got coming soon. Tim Vincent is going in search of Valerie Singleton, and he'll be meeting one or two others along the way. Hi, Peter. It's Tim Vincent. How are you? Oh, hi, Tim. How are you? Nice to hear from you. I'm not too bad. i tell you why I'm ringing up. I'm trying to get hold of Valerie's number, by any chance. What, Singleton? Yes. Hmm. I'm not sure I've got her now. I've got an address somewhere. Well, I'm tempted to ask, why do you want Val's phone number, Tim? I'll only pass it on to you if you divulge why you want it. <laughs> Tim Vincent, as I never breathe. What are you calling me for? What do you want? H- hello? T- Tim? Tim? Tim Vincent. Tim Vincent. Oh, God. It's Tim Just hits about 20 minutes or something. I'm no, no, that's Tim Vincent from Blue Peter. Listen out for In Search of Valerie Singleton with Tim Vincent very soon on Distinct Nostalgia. So let's go back go, go back to your character then. So he developed he developed into this sort of wayward lad who was often getting himself into trouble and whatever. Yeah. Um you were there for what, four or five years, I think? Four years. Four years the first time around. What yeah, was yeah. how did you feel about his development as a character at that point? No, I'd like I'd, 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 I was very happy with where where I'd where I'd got him to. And then we we were then um you know, we had our own business, me and Curly, we'd taken over um, Len's yard, and it was then now become Terry and Curly's yard. And uh, I, I sort of knew I'd arrived really when when uh, we used to film stuff as you know t- Terry and Curly in Len's yard. It used to be called Len's yard. And one day I got a script, and it said it didn't say Len's yard. You know, it, it said the, the top of the script said Terry and Curly's yard. And I re- ah, well, we've arrived. You know. <laughs> You know, and uh, that, that that was a and but then I'd um, I don't know what I, I think after doing so many getting up to so many different things, I did think, well, where can you now go with this? With, with this, you know, there's not there's no there's nowhere else you can take him now in terms of the drama of it. You know, it, it, you know, he's, he's done. He seemed like he'd done everything he could do. You know, he, um, in within that four year period. So I got very restless and itchy feet as a, as an actor really. And uh, that's when I sort of went to them and said, well, went to John Temple and said, um, that I, I want to go basically. Um, and, uh, you've got, you've offered me another year's contract. He said, but I said, but, and I'm very grateful. I said, but, uh, is there any way you can make it a six-month contract? I said, because I've got this play that I want to do and I want to do it at the Edinburgh Festival and I don't... I, it's full of very, very bad language. It's full of art-eating uh, issues uh, set in a prison. It's not going to sit well, uh, you know, with Coronation Street. Anyway, I wanted to get out and do that. Um, I knew they wouldn't let me out to do it, if you know what I mean. And, and, and I t- So he said, well... Are you absolutely sure? I said, yeah. He said, well, okay. He said, we will. Um, 
and uh, we'll you know we'll do a, do you a six month contract. And the he said what he said to me at the time was, I said I'm making no promises. He says, but the way you've done this is. Um, you know, is very appreciated, well, well appreciated. He said, because you've not come to us saying you want more money and, and you've not come to us at the last minute. You've given us lots and lots of time to plan your exit. He said, so I'm not promising anything, but I think the way you've done it has been, um, you know, well well appreciated. And uh, I, I, I suspect they will be uh, having you back, you know. Uh, he said, and that's one thing in life. He says, especially in this business, try not to burn your bridges, which is which you haven't done here. So, uh, you know, I did, uh, I did uh, leave, but then I did go. Then I was asked back. So, I was going to, you know. I was going to say, you went back quite a few times. I mean, you well, were. I think the last time I went back, which is in. 2012, 13, I think I was 2012, 2012, I think that's the 12th, 12th time I've been, uh, the character returned, you know. Yeah, yeah. What do you think in the, to the way in which every time he came back, of course, there was some kind of misdemeanor or some kind of issue that was going on. And some of yeah. them were, some of them were very, very believable, but I felt, this is just as a viewer, I felt yeah. they, they turned him a little bit too nasty towards the end. It felt to me as though, you know, some of the storylines were just felt a little... I mean, I know that's the way soap's been going for several years now, where everything yeah. becomes a bit too much. I just felt as though they were taking a little bit too far. Do you know what I mean with some of them? Yeah, I, 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 I absolutely. And I had less, you know, and I realised that not being in the show as a regular anymore, and I, you know, that I had far less control over that. And that was a regret of mine, you know, that, that I had far less control over the character and what the character did than I would have done if I had stayed in the show as a regular. But you can't have your cake and eat it, so to speak. So I'd have to sort of they'd say, come to me and say, would you be prepared to come back uh, for so many episodes, you know? And, uh, you know, obviously I'd say yes. And, uh, and or I'd say, well, you know, once one, there was one particular time I said, I tried to, get a storyline out of them and they they kind of went it was one with one particular producer and they to be fair they were a bit shall we say disingenuous with the truth and had I known I probably I might not have gone back to do that particular storyline but there were several storylines I did enjoy especially the um, the storyline where he sold Tommy that was a that worked out very well voted one of the top 50 storylines of 50 years of Coronation Street, which was a nice, nice accolade. So, you know, um, but, but uh, yeah, you, you could, you've got a point there. You've got a point. And I had, as I say, I had less control over what, how the character developed then and, and what, what, what happened to him. And quite often I would think, look, you know, what I would be holding out for was, um, some kind of redemptive thing with with the character, where the character did something which was a bit, you know, surprised everybody. Not because how how horrible he was or how bad it was, uh, what he did, but it's actually quite something that surprised people because it was quite good, you know. Yeah, I mean, he, he is seen as one of the. You look at the list of soap villains, and he's listed amongst the soap villains. But I, in a way, I never think of Terry as a soap villain. I don't know why. It's just. Well, I think, and I, 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 I see that as a compliment, and I, I think it's because he, um, 
dare I say, because he's a more rounded, he's a more rounded character than just a villain. As I said to you in the beginning, yeah, I took him down that path, but at the same time, I, um, at the same time, it took a long time for him to kind of, you know, probably the best part of a year for him to, to be a bit, a bit of a, a bit of a bad lad, you know, um, or the start of him being a bit of a bad lad. So you'd seen other, lots of other facets about him, you know, um, before uh, be, be, before he became this villain, you know. Okay, just a few, just a few more, a few more questions. Um, yeah. Obviously, Liz and uh, Bill became icons of their own in the, in, in Coronation yeah. Street, and they were lovely, you know, characters and lovely people in real life. I know that, and obviously, both of them sadly are, are, are no longer there. Just thinking back, though, what what are your what's your best memories of those two? What, what when you think about them as individuals, what what comes to you comes to mind? Well, as actors or as people. Well, as really. actors or people, really. Oh, you know, so much. I mean, the, 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 I mean, Bill had this lovely. Bill, Bill was a very, Bill was a very wise man. I mean, he played a fool on TV, you know, but he was a very wise man. He he he, he lived a, an interesting, hard life, you know. He, and obviously, um, things had come good for him in in his later years, you know. And uh, he had thirty years at the top of his profession, you know, as a singer and as an, as an actor as well. And so, but he had had an hard life up until that, that moment. And he'd, um, he was quite reflective on life. And not least, I think, because he nearly died when he was, uh, a couple of times when he was uh, in his late 30s, early 40s. And because of that, you know, I think he was perhaps more re- reflective and insightful on life than most other people. Um, so he had problems with his heart, of course. Um, but uh, so there was that aspect of Bill. He was a very mentoring type of type of person, you know, who would take you to one side and say, you know, uh, yeah, if I were you, lad, I wouldn't do this or I would do that do that you know what I mean in, in a nice way um and so that will always be an abiding memory of, of Bill uh Liz was more mercurial you know and um uh, but she was she had a she had a real really good you know a solid heart of gold really you know and she was very loyal as well uh so those two those two aspects of the the them as um you know, uh, on a personal level, as actors, they were they were they were fantastic, and you know, we did some lovely work together. And uh, you know, uh, I often thought that Bill did his best dramatic work with me. I know that sounds a bit. Um, he was a great c- comedic actor, you know, but I thought when he, if he, you know, when he wasn't playing the comedy, and sometimes when he even when he was playing the comedy, you know, he did some smashing stuff with me. It wasn't all throwaway knockabout stuff, you know, playing father and son uh, was, you know, bring out, you know. He had to get very emotional with you, didn't he, on many occasions? On a, on a couple of occasions, yeah. I remember a lovely scene we did in the, in the, sh- in, the in his shed when Terry was hiding out in his shed. Uh, he was, uh, he was on the run from prison and there was this lovely scene between us Um and um, I'd love to see it again, actually. <laughs> I've never seen it subsequently, where, you know, he, he smuggles 
Terry some food and, um, you know, he hands it over and Terry's like, you know, devouring this, you know, Mars bar or something. And he, he looks at, at Terry and he says, you know, it doesn't matter how old you get, son, he said, or, or you know, where you've been or what you've done. He said, well, I, I, you know, I can't but help see the little boy in you, you know. And it, that was, you know, that was very touchy moment I thought you know from from Bill and beautifully played and uh, it was a nice nice scene actually and uh, yeah and uh, you know other stuff besides obviously you know no absolutely absolutely some really good good uh, good yeah a very a lot of depth to that relationship both with uh, well both relationships actually your relationship with you know um, Terry with Vera and Terry with with Jack I thought there was yeah. some re- really good stuff there um, so do you think <laughs> we'll talk about just in a moment we'll just talk briefly about the where he where Terry is now but in terms of Terry as a character and you as an actor have yeah. you ever do you think you've ever escaped Terry and do you really want to escape Terry uh, no and yes I think no, <laughs> I, I don't think I've ever really escaped Terry because he even even years after not doing it, you know, um, I, I get, I get, uh, I get, you know, the kind of um, uh, the, the the baggage with it, you know, and and, and people recognising you as as Terry, which is is a nice compliment, but at the same time, it's a bit, you know, after thirty seven years, it's a bit wearing, you know, especially when you're not getting paid for doing it. Um, so, uh, so no, I don't think I've ever escaped Terry, and I've done other telly, I've done lots and lots of theatre, I've done other jobs now. I'm, I've been a journalist for a long time, uh, but you know, there's uh, the, the, there's always Terry's always sort of. Uh, you know, with me for better or for worse. So no, uh, I don't. And what was the another question? No, I'm just saying. Would you ever well, want? To, to, would you ever want well, to escape him? Yeah. Well, as I said, it's a real compliment that people do re- remember you, and you know, and some of the nice things that the public say, you know, are amazing. Sometimes I mean, you can say some some crap things as well, but but you know, some some things really knock you back and make you choke. You know, like you know. Uh, they just come out of nowhere. You're on a train into London or something, and you know somebody's clocking you. You know, and you think, I, I, you know, and the guy will come over and say, you know, I grew up with you, and you know, I'll never forget you, and blah blah. But you were one of the best, and the, you know things like that. I mean, blimey, O'Reilly, you know, it really makes you choke, you know. And um, uh, so, so it's it's nice, but um, I would. Certainly, I'm, I've come back to acting actually, and I'm doing a few other things. Been doing some radio, been doing uh, uh, some radio plays in a, a series called the, the Corrupted, and I've enjoyed doing that. And uh, you know, I would, be, you know, hopefully do at least one or two other things before I uh, shuffle off this mortal coil uh, to. Uh, you know that that the, at least uh, put me as in you know equal standing with Terry. You know, well, of course, you know Terry is still alive in the series, isn't he? he isn't he? Isn't died he is. or anything? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Obviously, obviously, Vera and Jack aren't with us. There was no. that great actor who sadly is not in it anymore, who played your son, Chris Fountain, who I think was fantastic as an actor. He had mm. obviously a scandal and and left sadly, but. Um, and Terry's got other kids, doesn't he, as well? So there is a there's possibility... One the kid, that, there's one of the kids that hasn't been seen called, uh, called Brad. 
That's right. That's right. He had that. They had that kid with the the, the, the character played by Tracy Braben, yeah. Yeah. who's now a politician. Exactly. Uh, and um, very successful, actually. MP and uh, it's an amazing, uh, you know, a soap actress who then goes on to become an MP, um, and now she's the mayor of West Yorkshire. Uh, so, so that's the, the one son that you haven't haven't seen, and uh, he he really is uh, the, the the stage is primed for for him to burst on the scene as a as a you know as a you know thrusting Terry offspring, you know. Yeah, yeah. So basically, what I'm saying is, Terry could return at some point, couldn't he? I suppose he could in that respect. Yeah, I've always said people say to me, "Oh, would you ever go back?" And you want you want to go back? I say, well, you know, never say never. But the thing is, I say, well, why? But there's no reason for him to go back now, really, in a sense, you know, because um, there's so many new characters there, and you know, as you say, Jack and Vera are gone. And uh, you know, okay, he got you know he's got mates there, Curly and Curly and Kevin, but it's fairly tenuous, you know, fairly tenuous. So the the chances, the the, the reasons for him to go back are, are probably uh, have diminished, should, should we say? But in the world of soap, you know, it, it's not it's not it's not uh, it, it's not something that uh, is um, is. Uh, Totally uh, off the off the uh, off the cards, you know. Absolutely, but what we can safely say this is the final question, really. What we can safely say is that Coronation Street, um, I suppose, really did you know completely sort of alter your life and and still remains a very big part of it. I mean, you've been, I mean, you were really supportive of uh, Michael Lavelle and Bill Roach and whatever through their troubled time in recent times, which was admirable, really, in terms of the support you gave them and that kind of thing. You've been. Very loyal to to Coronation Street as a whole, haven't you? And it's sort of it's it's it seems to me that you know you grew up as you say in in that part of of, of, of Manchester. I, I lived in Oldsill, actually. I lived in Asgard Drive in Oldsill for a while, so I know I know what it's like there. And you've got you've oh, had did that. You fit, live in Asgard Drive when, when it was when it was the new place. Uh, yeah, only in, re, in re, where they've done those new those new sort of buildings. Well, they were, when I say new, they they were. They were built back in the sixties or seventies, I think, really. But you know, around that area. I oh lived yeah, there. yeah. Yeah, the I new council estate. Yeah, not not yeah. the. Uh, I lived there for a little. Out. I lived there for a little while, and you, you get to know what the Oddsall people are like. You know, it's yeah. all. You know, it's very. They uh, were a special people, Oddsall people, because they were dock. You know, dock, the the dock people. You know, the people that worked in and in or around the docks. You know, and uh, the, I, I always say they're a special breed people. That, you know, live in those those kind of areas of town of of, of cities and towns, and um, you know. You know, obviously, also people with the the Dockers and the um, the Stevedores, the Dockers, the uh, the people that worked on the ancillary jobs in, in on the docks. You know, and or went away as seamen on the Manchester liners. You know, and so you you know, it was a sort of a unique community, really. And um, yeah, I mean, mother worked at the Manchester liners in the dock office for Manchester liners. You know. So, uh, yeah, so uh, it was very much part of, uh, you know, the docks were very much a source of, source of pride, you know, um, and, yeah, and, 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 the, and as the street became a source of pride, yeah. No, absolutely, uh, absolutely. So lovely to talk to you, Nigel. It's been really nice to talk to you. Uh, over and out then. Uh, nice to speak to you. Cheers now. Mm. 
Nigel Pivaro, Corrie's Terry Duckworth talking to Ashley. And there's more Corrie treats to come in future weeks on Distinct Nostalgia as we meet both Charlie Lawson and Sean Wilson. Apparently, I have the record for the most returns playing the same character in the history of something or other. <laughs> and that is simply down to the fact that um, when I left, I had a chat with the then producer and I said, look, the writers are getting bored with me and I'm getting bored with them. And if I stay here, it's a good story and Jim will get killed off. Bill Roach sat down there and, you know, Julie Goodyear and Gene Alexander and Betty Driver and Barbara Knox. You just go on and on and on. And they're all there in front of you, all drinking coffee. <laughs> but, you know, it's a lovely, friendly arm that comes around anybody new because... And I always kept to this myself. Thelma Barlow said to me, Sean, we've all been you. We know how it feels. All to come very soon on Distinct Nostalgia. Bye for now. Distinct Nostalgia is produced by MIM. And if you like what we do, then please consider supporting us on Patreon. Every penny helps us to make even more amazing content just for you. Go to distinctnostalgia.com and click on the donate button. Thank you. Distinct Nostalgia. More than a podcast.